Hello everyone, good morning football. I'm your soccer monk, Innocent Bole, here with my co-host. Christian Blahinich. Oh, hi. <laughs> you, you, you there? Are you okay? You good, you good, Chris? Yeah, good computer. So. Good computer, all right. Well, we missed you. Welcome back. <laughs> so what's going on? What's, what's on your mind? How do, how do you make someone creative if you can? And maybe to start off, what is actually being a creative player, right? Because right. maybe defining will be easier rather than like going around how to make someone maybe more creative, you know? Yeah. Um, well, that's what's for me when you when you brought that up, I was like, OK, creative players. And I'm thinking because yesterday when I was talking to the training guys about skill versus technique and then I was thinking about, OK, creative. When you say creative player, it's like what is that's also like, you know, it's a lot of things. Right. Yeah. It's like what determines a creative player? So for eight to ten year old, you know, five to ten years old, how do you? How do you determine? Oh, what are the what are the things you're looking for to see like our creative player? So I'm thinking like, what is the kid doing? Is he is he the kid that realizes everyone is in a pack and then he goes opens up and then asks for the ball, or is it the kid that finds the player that is open? You know what I mean? So it's like, what's really creativity? You know what I mean? How yeah. big or how small is it? So yeah, because I think when we look at the age range you mentioned, like five to ten, a lot of times I think. Comfort on the ball in a drill or technical ability gets confused for being creative sometimes, right? Like we see, we see a kid who's coordinated, but we don't know, like someone will label that kid creative because of how he looks on the ball rather than making. And, and it's funny you said that because I was thinking about like, you know, you do those line drills where go through the cones and then you see different players. You tell them, "Hey, inside foot, outside foot." So we go, we playing with the outside foot, inside foot. And then you have that one kid that does like a step over, but then uses the outside of the opposite foot to still go through the same cone, right? Yeah. While like all the other five players might be like, "Okay, I'm just going to do what I saw from the coach." So I, when I when I think of that, I'm like, that's the creative player, right? The player that understands that uh, it's about completing the completing the mission not actually doing it the way so you know how a trainer some trainers are not as creative as the players they're training some of us forget that yeah right so i can tell the kids hey inside outside and then a kid does does it better than me right but i am pretty much just applying what an environment for that you know what i mean like just so that's what i was saying like okay Here's seven cones. Let's go through the cones. And then everybody goes through the cones the same way. Oh, then you see these other kids who decide, okay, now I'm going to do a scissor and use my outside of my right instead of just using left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And then they use both of them at the same time. So that's another type of, I think, creativity, kind of creativity in the the comfort, like you said, comfort on the ball, right? Yeah. Okay, you want me to go around this? I'm just going to do it this way. You know what I mean? So yeah. That's actually a good point. So yeah, because again, like I feel like with creativity, there's a sense of originality, right? Like you gotta do something that you enjoy. Although, like ultimately, like that seven cones to go around is the same thing as playing in a game. Almost when you, depending on how the player looks at it, like there's a million ways to get to the goal, but how you do it is what sets you apart, right? So I think right. like, when we look at these cones and, like you said, how kids kind of. Man, manipulate the ball differently to go through them. It kind of shows who's a little bit more creative than not. But when you do stuff like that, right? When you see seven, like if you have a couple of kids doing this, how do you get, can you make other players creative as well? Does every kid have it in them or? Well, or- and, and that's the trick, right? Cause now this is what's happening a lot. I think for us, us trainers, we are, we are making sure everyone is comfortable on the ball, right? But the thing is we're doing it is that we're making everyone comfortable on the ball the same way. So the players who are naturally already creative with that or comfortable with doing some of these uh, exercises are getting more out of it because they can use it in the games. Does that make sense? Because they're naturally doing it, right? So you're just reminding them, you're just giving them reps of... uh 
of an exercise. Whereas someone who's starting from zero, who doesn't have that mind where like, oh, I can use my left foot to do the same thing as my right. Now for them, when it comes to a game, they need to have more game experience, I guess, than the exercise. And I feel like those kids are getting more of the exercise, but the game experience. So their creative, I think their creativity doesn't grow because they, they're doing too much of the non, you know, there's no pressure applied. So their mind, I think creativity comes from the mind. So if their mind is not giving the body that uh, muscle memory, they'll never get to that level that you see the other players at, that you're trying to make them look like. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get it. Because I think when, I, I think this happens for a lot of different activities. That's not just like soccer, right? It happens in other sports. You can see those guys and how like they transfer that technique and the skill and use it for themselves in some kind of original way that helps them be creative. Right. But right. I think when we talk about game reps, right? Like that kid that's already creative, how do you help him? Is it, should he just stay at the same level he's at or should he go up and down? Like, because I think different things happen when, because if it comes from the mind, right, there has to be a sense of, like how we talked about in-game pressure. So when you, when a, let's say like a nine-year-old might have a chance to play with 11-year-olds, 10-year-olds, the I, my assumption would be like, he's not going to be up to speed, right? He's going right. to, that could help his creativity to maybe think quicker. But at the same time, when you have that kid and maybe they play a year or two down, mm-hmm. that could also help, you know, but. Uh, no, definitely. Because when you talk about like, so the thing I think about, when I think of a player being creative is if you're playing, let's say now let's say we're talking about the age of 8 to 10 years old, right? They're playing 5v5, 7v7 type of situation. Yeah. The players that are creative are the players probably thinking about, you know what? I'm a, my, I know that I can change uh, my body direction so I can find the other side of the field, right? So I think what's happening with those younger players now is like we think that means they're soccer like that's soccer maturity at the same time. So we think moving them on up, like let's challenge them because they can do what everyone else isn't doing. Helps mm-hmm. in them getting better. But then now that change of direction that they were doing, they haven't had yet enough reps of it to actually make it part of them. Yeah. Like, and uh, and I think we rushed that part of development where we, we, we're more interested in rushing the players that look oh you you look a little different from everybody else so let's do this for you uh but what i'm saying is that i think we should when that is happening it comes down to now challenging the player with some little game cues when things are happening okay now at at the to be honest at eight years old most kids are turning to one side right they're great at changing direction to one side so now the the key i think is like okay now you know what my man Billy, you're going to now, I don't want to see that turn again. I want to see a turn, but don't do the same turn again. So now you, I guess that's how you can kind of like, you know, get them challenged within their own age group instead of just putting them against Billy at 10 years old, but then Billy's quicker. So now that turn, that doesn't show anymore. The creativity doesn't show anymore. Now the kid is working on something else to just get by. So now you, the creative, the, the creativity part of his game slowly kind of like dwindles away, right? Because now he's becoming another player that he, he isn't because of yeah. the environment, you know? So Yeah. I, so how do you think constraints help? Because I think when we look at a lot of guys who have succeeded at soccer, right, um, there's different stories about some problem that they've had early on that's challenging for them within the game. So like Mezzarozo had to deal with, growing up with his older brother and playing in small cages with older kids. Um, a lot of people will bring up Ronaldinho playing on sand and stuff like right. that. It's all kind of like a constraint of how the ball gets manipulated, the speed of the game, stuff like this. So how do you think constraints help in practice? And do you think constraints mean more than like what we kind of went through, you know, playing like dealing a one touch, two touch rule in possession? Like, do you think there's other constraints you can help players with as a whole, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, of course, and that, and this is what comes down to the trainer, right? So, creative players need creative trainers, right? So, if 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 we get 
if you happen to be lucky and you have these talented young players, right? Even at like any age from eight to seventeen, right? Because you, the construct, you you cannot keep doing a three v two exercise the same way you did it at eight years old, right? We're twelve now, and maybe you've been doing three v two with these kids for three years now. You better have a three v two exercise that has them now looking at three v two in a sense that they don't they don't see it right away as a three v two, right? So, um, so our mind works this way, right? We wake up, we brush our teeth. Right, so if I do that constantly, all of a sudden, I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing anymore, right? So, but then all of a sudden, if you wake up and you're in, and you're in Uganda and you find a stick next to, next to the to uh, to the sink, you don't know what to do, right? You're like, what is this? What is this now? But the creative player will be like, okay, I can just spill one of these sides off and brush my teeth, right? Yeah. But and that's what I think the trainers, the coaches, when they're setting up situations for the for the higher talented or mid for a team, they have to know that okay, now my team has done this exercise for a while so that they could get to this next constraint of that same exercise. Oh, let me switch, let me give them a three V two exercise that they've never seen that they think is something else. But once they get it, now they start to really apply that new creativity that you haven't seen there but it's already there right but they just haven't been tested can you do yeah. it you know what i mean so yeah. i think that also like it comes down like the trainers you have to be very creative like you have to grow the good coaches grow with their teams right yeah. it's like it's like even peps like pep in in bayern when you're struggling like on 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 fitting that style of the Bayern style, he had to learn how to put the Bayern culture mixed with his culture, right? That's that's why every time in the first year, he's he's not that successful because he has to bring two cultures of football together. So if he's not creative as a coach, you cannot see that second year where the spark of the team is like, what? This team is amazing. And that's I think that's what that's where the players kind of like grow at any level is my coach paying attention to what's not working, what's working, push me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. What do you mean? Like what's working, what's not working? Like, as far as like, if we look at prep in Germany, what are some of the things that you think he probably had a tough time with? Like, I know when we look at, I, like, I know sometimes when we coach kids, and train them sometimes we think this kid like i think one of the hardest things to deal with sometimes is when you see a kid you see a skill set but maybe you don't know the kid that well enough so the idea you had for him that your the direction you're trying to guide him toward might be completely off path for him and it's not even a sense of push it's a complete sense of like that's not for me you know as the like from the player's perspective so how do you you manage this, you know. Uh, yeah, that's. The, I think again, personalities, right? Just like at the at the pro level, older level. I think we um we get into this situation where if a, if a coach is like me, I'm tough on you, and I when you're not doing something the way you're supposed to do, and I'm getting at you. If if mentally you're already there, like you're ready to get pushed at that level. I think you get more out of it. Now, if you're on the other side of that spectrum where you want to be like cuddled into like us, like a, like a situation, like into a learning, like that learning curve is a little bit, you know, a little bit more skewed for you. Then now it's like it, that, that the two personalities don't match. Right. So even for Pep all all these coaches, they have these great players and people say, Oh, Mourinho had Salah, but now, he didn't like Salah. He didn't like De Bruyne. It's, it's because he doesn't... He's thinking about his team. He's not thinking about the player. But yeah. at the youth level, it's different, right? Now at the youth level, you, you don't go out and just buy a, a new player, right? You have to either... The one you thought was good, you either... You cut him. On, you no. cut him? <laughs> oh, no. No, but this happens. You either you either find another player that can can, can apply your style better than he does. So then, but then that's what comes in. Are we player developing or are we like trying to just create this, our style, right? So when you want to, when you see a player is creative, 
right? You have to find a way of, are you willing to change the little things you do within your team just so that that player that you feel like has that talent that nobody else has on the creative side works for him? Does that make sense? Because yeah. I remember the days back then when I was at, uh, when we did First Touch, I had, I had the player that would never was supposed to play number 10 at 8v8 right? Because of his size, speed, and all that, right? Yeah. But can you, when you realize you have a, create, a creative player of that kind that doesn't come around all, every year, every three years, out, right? yes, you have to also, at the beginning of his growth, let them, like, do what? Like, make the team, let the team, what's wrong? I don't get it. Why, how come we had these players? You know, these, remember the top player and I don't want to mention names and all that, but there's a top player that's at Philly Union now, right? And mm-hmm. every team in the state of New Jersey used to plan for him. And he would still come in and pl- score three goals, have two assists every weekend, yeah. every weekend. And that because the team was built for him. And that's, I think, at the youth level. I think we're doing less of that now. I think we're building more of the team now, right? So, so when you know you have a great, you have a, a great um, creative center mid, but you think because he's he's mature, he, he's a lot more creative than the other players around. Guess where you put him? Striker, right? Easy to score goals. Yeah, but doesn't now doesn't that, that does not grow him as a center mid? So mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, like, are you willing? Just like how the professional coaches are willing to realize, okay, Ronaldinho is a talent, but he's a he's a brat. Okay, but we gotta figure it out. Pogba, very creative, but he's a brat. We gotta figure it out. Yeah. The team gotta, coach gotta figure it out. The team. So also on the youth level, we have to realize. Okay, this kid and these two, these three kids, they're special on the creative side, and it helps the whole team and the other players. It's not that you treat them any different, but your job is to develop players, right? So if every player gets their little reps that where they're supposed to. I think creativity is nurtured that way, right? At a younger stage, you know? So. Yeah, I know we talked a lot about, like, um, center mids already. That just, it just kind of came up, you know? But um, at the same point, like, can you have, like, does your most creative player have to be a number 10, 11, or 7? Can it be somewhere else on the field? Or, because I think, you know, we've talked about this a couple times right. with um, the documentary, like, Last Dance. Mm-hmm. Uh about Michael Jordan, the Chicago Bulls team in their last season, and you see one, you see Jordan's career, and it goes between coaches, and it almost is like Phil Collins let him let Jordan be as creative as he wants, and Phil Jackson kind of disciplined him, but also made him creative in another way. But his teammates too, like we've talked about, nobody wants to, everyone wants to be Jordan, kind of no one wants to be Rodman. Would you consider that player not creative or and that's so and that's and that's why I think and that's what I wanted to ask you before and I was thinking about this. So when we say creative, 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 it comes down to because when we were talking about LeBron James in the in that era, like he wouldn't be able to keep up because of the IQ, right? The IQ level of those guys, right? And all how the game was played uh, on that on the IQ level side of it. And I was saying are we saying that when a coach tells you as a player that now can you, f- I want you to re- to remember that when everything is happening on the left, there's something free on the right. Does that make sense? Right. So, yeah. so I think that's where the IQ comes in, but IQ is creativity, right? IQ level is creativity. What do you think about that? When, what do you think of when like creativity, does it correlate with uh, IQ in the game? To an extent, I think sometimes creativity shows when your game IQ is now at an empty, you know? I think sometimes it has to do with adaptability. When you were mentioning a Philly Union player and how teams would plan to try and deal with this kid, it's like, okay, well, there is. does that mean that kid has such a great IQ that he already knows what's going to happen all the time? Or is he just so adaptable that whatever situation he gets – He's able to figure it out. You know what I mean? So to me, when we describe like LeBron and Jordan and uh, like looking back, it is tough to kind of um, like it is tough to place LeBron now and what he's allowed to do and say like, oh, this wouldn't happen in the 90s. You know, it is like a difficult thing. But 
the things I look at Jordan is like it went from a guy who had to have a lot of these ISOs out on the wing or like one four setups, meaning Jordan had the ball at the top of the key and everybody else is spreading out around the baseline. Now, when Phil Jackson came in the picture, they had a triangle offense, which required an entry pass. And then the creativity came from players coming through the middle, willing not to get the ball, but willing to cut hard and be a threat. But it almost is like when that happened, it's like Jordan had to, yes, get a higher IQ and understanding of the game. But also what Phil Jackson allowed in that was in these setups where players would get They'd have three on one side, two on the other. And it allowed those three players to feed off of each other rather than just being, no, you go here, you go there. Right. So I guess it was, was he like, so, so, so he created a, a creative team within like a scheme, right? Like everyone, yeah. like the, the, team, the team was creative, just like the Golden State Warriors were when they won those championships. Uh, the team was creative as a whole, right? Like there, there was not this one player that, so when you find Curry open and he drains the, the shot, we're forgetting about everything else that was created between that, right? That movement and all that, where a player remembers, hey, I'm supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to be shooting here or moving there. So I get I get that. Now, this is what I'm saying. Now, when it comes to, like, the level where we are, right? So you work with, like, high school guys, right? So where are your most creative players in high school for you? For me, they are usually in the middle, sometimes up top. It kind of, it depend. It's also based off who I have around them as well. You know, it's not just like this guy's so creative. I have him here. You know, right. So okay, okay. So we said the word creative. Now, can you give me what are the things that are under creativity? Okay, coach, coach. He's my son. You say he's he's not creative. Why is he not creative? If a parent asks you that, what is what are you telling the parent, Mike? Why is it? Why do you mean my kid is not creative? I would say it's. To an extent, problem solving, right? Like that does not hurt the team in a way. Sometimes I think a lot of people like if a player, we could say like a smaller kid, because that's that's one of the easier examples, or like a really technical kid that might be losing the ball a lot, mm-hmm. maybe against bigger opponents. It it kind of shows like the stubbornness in the kid, like. It's just kind of like I keep getting stopped and I'm not learning from it. Like there's no different reaction. Like I get like you receive it twice and you didn't see the player on your back. Let's say for a really young age, you know, Mm -hmm. the next question would be like, okay, maybe were you aware that there was a player there? And that's kind of like how creativity, I think, gets built up. It's through problem solving and like these little roadblocks. And I think when these if I wanted to explain to a parent, like, why is this kid not being creative? It's this kid doesn't seek other possibilities for success, right? Within that. Right, 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 right. So like the player is stuck in their ways, their comfort zone that they're not willing to adjust like to life. Like when this Corona happened, right? Some people are like, come on, man. It's yeah. going to be real life. Like I'm not going to stay inside the house. Yeah. Nobody's telling me to stay inside the house. But we are telling you to stay inside the house because when you go outside, and then you're going to ask for, and you don't have insurance. And then you find out that you're going to go to the hospital and wait for two hours to get looked at. And then now you're almost dying. That's why they told you to go inside out. But no, because you're so used to only always being free to just walk out of your house and do whatever you want. And then all of a sudden someone's telling you, you know, you got to find another way of living. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, my life is over. You know what I mean. So, and 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 I guess I get that part. And and that's the I think that's the hardest thing to do with like things like creativity. That are I think creativity. Someone is born with it. Yes, you you're not gonna know how to find the free side or but you but like when you're given the problem, like you said, problem solving. Right? Give me a problem. Am I gonna solve? I'm gonna. Everyone can get to the same result, but the way we do it, are we do some people are doing it nine out of ten, only probably two of those uh, eight out of ten are doing it the same way. But those two players that do it the different way, those are the creative players. Is that is that what we're saying? Yeah, I guess. I mean, some. Uh, mm. See what I mean? You just want you like you want a level of efficiency, right? And there's a sense of style that goes with creativity that can make things difficult, you know, like 
some like why do we look at Ronaldinho for being amazing? And a lot of it has to do with his technical ability, but we don't hear and I'm not saying they're on the same level. I'm just saying these guys are pretty creative players. It's like Tony Cruz, you have De Bruyne, like guys that have a simpler approach to what Ronaldinho does as well, you know? Right. So, okay, let me ask you a question. So, Ronaldinho is creative, right? Very creative, right? And Ozil, very creative, right? Yeah. Do you think De Bruyne is creative? I do. Those two? Okay. So now, this is the range I'm talking about. Like, there's a huge range of creativity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when we think of Paul's calls, is he creative? I would think so. Okay. If we think of Van Dyke, is he creative? That's a tough one, right? <laughs> right? That's what I mean. It's like, I feel like it's a great. That's why I was trying to tell you, like, so creativity. It's, 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 I think it's a moment of how, again, problem solving. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because a lot of people say Varane, no one talks about Varane as a, a top defender, right? When it comes to Van Dykes, the Sergio Ramos. Is it because he does it so different that it's hard to evaluate? Yeah. Sometimes, I don't know. Varane makes, I think, a lot of things look simple sometimes. Right. And I think it's because he, like how we talk about problem solving, he reads the game so well. Isn't that creativity though? Being able to do that? Yeah. Or, so is, that, or, is, or is that IQ? So that's what I'm saying. Like when creativity, and again, to, to those who are listening to us going crazy over this, these are, we're not experts on what creativity means in real life or um, what it is, but want to dissect when someone, because these are terms as as coaches put out there, right? Hey, that kid is more creative than that kid, so play this kid there, blah, blah, blah. Like, how do we come, we're pretty much trying to figure, guessing what people are thinking in these situations. So that's why we're having this uh, little chat here. So don't don't quote us on anything we say because we don't have our UFR Pro yet. So keep it, keep it easy. But when we look at defenders, right? Off-ball defenders, like, can you consider defensive... Like, how much of defensive positioning can you consider to be creative? Because Mourinho can coach 20 different teams with different skill sets, whatever he feels are good defensive tactics, and not every team is going to execute them the same way. And that could be physical abilities, whatever. But for the most part, I want, like, how you read the game defensively, is that also a form of creativity? Because I think – it got brought up a while ago. Who's the bald center back that used to play for uh, Manu Ferguson? Stam? Oh, Stam, Stam, yeah. Stam. Stam. So he got rid of him. I, I forget what book it was in, like soccer economics or something like that. Um, he got rid of him because he was aging and wasn't getting into as many uh, tackles. So what they I think they realized, I forget where he went to next. There was a team in Italy. I don't know if it was Napoli or Lecce. I forget Lazio. I don't remember which team. But they said he was actually intercepting the ball more, and that was a statistic that wasn't looked at. So here's a guy who's getting older, right? This is going to be his problem. He might be losing his step. Is it creative for him to figure out, okay, I can't get there as quick now. Do I read the game better? Like, how do we judge defenders based on that? Because I think a lot of, People think defenders on the ball are the ones that, like we see Van Dyke and how his technical ability ability allows him to put in good through balls. We've seen the one to Sane, I think, in last year's Champions League. Uh, sorry, Mane, uh, in last year's Champions League. And his defense so, ability also sometimes. So, you know, you know it's funny. I just thought of something, right? You know, when. Um... You know when you're training kids and there's a kid that doesn't know what a sideline is, they just dribble past it every single time? Mm-hmm. And, and you tell them pretty much, hey, 10 times, you know that's a white line, it's out of bounds. Now, when I'm thinking about that is that, because I was thinking about this, is that I think the number one thing, even like with creativity for me, is like when I say creativity is better, I think it comes down like to maturity Right, so I feel like the players who are mature in 
in paying attention to what's happening, you know, coaching and what the exercise is about, are able to create because they know the objective. Does that kind of... Yeah, you have an end goal, right? Like, I'm going right, to have a problem. Right. I'm trying to get... Right. Right, so like the they they realize that problem isn't the same. Mm-hmm. The the objective is always the same. Yeah, right. Yeah, the problem is not not always the same, but the objective is. So I think they realize that. So the kid who keeps dribbling, the players who realize that I need to do these ten step overs, but not figuring it out, like I can do two instead. I think that's creative, right? Because now, because the power will come to you, hey, but my kid does 20 stepovers. But yeah, that kid does one and gets to the same thing. Yeah, so yeah. that's the creativity. I think part, that's the other part of the creativity. I think it's amazing, right? Because creativity, like De Bruyne's, is some is something that you pay attention to kind of like after the fact. You know what I mean? You're not really seeing it in real time. But then when you really, oh, shoot, the bigger picture comes out, right? Because the objective is we got to it, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's what, when I was thinking about that, when you're talking about like the two, it's like Stam realized his objective was stopping the offense, not winning the ball kind of, like, but stopping the attack. Mm-hmm. Whereas defenders back in the day were known for, you know, the those, uh, what are those AC Milan guys, the Nestas, they don't know for being tough. They just go in, they they knock you out, right? Yeah. It was back in the, but then he had to adapt, right? So he became that player that realized, you know what? It's better to have my body there earlier than trying to show how strong I am and then not win that battle. So he he figured out the quicker way to do it, right? So that's creativity. And uh and 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 that was interesting because yes, yeah, yeah. Creative right, now- Sorry, when we have like these two guys, right? Let's say like we've been using De Bruyne and Stam. I'm not going to get into like a specific moment, but you have these two guys that are both considering creative and high IQ most likely, right? Uh-huh. Now, when you have these matchups, like in a ga- like in a game scenario, whoever it is, is the player who's more successful than the one creative? Like, do you get what I mean? Like, is the player who what? Is the player that's more successful now more creative? Because if we're looking at, I think matchups happen in a game occasionally. We talked about this right, maybe a right. week ago. And um, when you have these matchups, and between two savvy players, like you have De Bruyne who can problem solve very well, and you have Stam. Right. How would you judge who's more creative between the two? Is it who's more successful in the game against one another, or who? Well. Pre- it's like, it's very it's very unfair. It's like when you do one v one exercises, right? You do a one v one exercise, and you have this kid who's just very skillful, and body mechanics are off the chain, mm-hmm. and you have a very good defender. I I guarantee you, the the most skillful player is usually going to win those battles, and the most you know body mechanics. But in a game situation, I feel like defenders is hard for them. Like one v one defending, you have it's something that like that's another like realm. You know what I mean? Like I cannot like a reliable thing, right? Like yeah, it's like it's 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 a whole yeah. So so when you judge like oh did De Bruyne do well versus Van Dyke? It's so hard because if we focus on that, we can now here's the funny part though. If Van Dyke wins a lot of battles against um De Bruyne, but then he doesn't do it well against. Like let's say uh, Lingard, mm-hmm. right? People are gonna use the same start f- to make him look good because De Bruyne is a superstar, right? Mm-hmm. But then against Lingard, they won't use that stat. They'll focus on the overall. So also there comes in the game, right? That's how the game is very hard to like. Yeah. There's no right or wrong answer in in the game. It's what is working right now. You know what what worked? What worked? So what whatever works is it working at a consistent basis that you're willing to risk that one game, those two games, so that you can have the other eight. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 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 so that's what it comes like. Okay, are we? Go- we can have verse who did better because okay, he didn't do well against De Bruyne, but he stopped Sterling. You know, he stopped Silver. So you know what I mean? So it's one of those things where like it's 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 not fair to the defender because now we're only thinking about the attacker. So that's why I think it doesn't it doesn't come into play. So. Yeah, that's what I mean by like asking and stuff. Like when we look at defenders, 
is it high IQ and understanding of their own body that gets them through? Or is it like how many defenders are so adaptable in a game that we can consider themselves, consider them creative, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like players like Marcelo, Wan-Bissaka, uh, um, like, so this is what I mean, right? You know when there's like a 50-50 ball yeah. in like the 18-yard box? And usually players do what? They go up for it and they go for a header, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have this, there are defenders like even fuck Bailey, right? Bailey be doing this. Mm-hmm. And two go up and he realize you're already going down and he will just come down and chest the ball, right? I feel like that, that realizing the moment that you're in, like that's, that's natural creativity, right? So I think the best, I think players who, the players who are most creative I think have them a present during games, like they're present during practices. They they're very present during moments that are happening to them while they're playing yeah. practices, games. So they know that that moment they've been there, right? So they know how to take it in. And I feel like you know when like when a player changes direction, everyone goes, "Oh my god!" For that when you talk, when these professional players tell you, "How did you score that goal?" They like ah. That's like something that naturally happens. Me turning left when someone is on my right. Like I'm feeling like there's going to be somebody. And then everybody, yo, that guy is so creative. I'm like, no, the game is so slow for them that they've been there so many times and they've failed. But they are, again, back to you, adapting all over these 100 games, 200 games, 1,000 games that they have adapted, right, to learn how to deal with those situations a different way, being more creative. Right, so like that's why some of the guys like the drug bars, uh, what's the guy with Lester? Oh, Vardy. Your boy Vardy. Like they've come better later because they have decided to take in. They've they've, they've taken in so many games. Now they know how to be creative in those moments. Right, they're not rushing through them. I think a lot of the players who are not creative, their mind, the game is too fast for them. They want. They they've not they've not been in those situations enough to take it in to know that they can oh you don't have to kick it you can just roll it to your left you know what i mean so stuff like that do you think i know quickly so for like the for the like the youth level right when it comes to this creativity right because are we saying ronaldinho was created uh the the Bruyne's, the skulls the pogba's the pillows are these creative players iniesta's you know, Javis, you know, me, when I used to play. Are we, well, we created, you know what I mean? What do you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah? Well, we like created, like, what is it? What what made those players get to that level? The coaches, what were the, what are the coaches doing doing that growth from 8, 10, 11, 12, 13 to 18? What are these guys, coaches, trainers, what are they doing that these players' creativity is now like a wow to everybody else. Yeah, it's tough because right, you're not there. So I don't know how these things happen because when we look at coaches, again, a reference last dance, like Jordan changed with each coach. So like as far as youth soccer, and I know it's completely different level than Jordan, it's like are certain coaches going to help this player more or is it just – the kid dealing with a tough time for a year, regardless of the coach and this kid figures out the problem for the next year. But I think when you look at De Bruyne's and these type of players, I don't know if I would say you get to that level, if it's just through the trainer, that's one thing. I think playing on your own in groups matters with this kind of stuff, because that's where you get more reps, more competition. That you're going to do on your own, right? Like, and that's and that's what I just said there. Right when I tell you about these guys being to that level, that they have played the guys who became the high level stars in the pro level at a later time, they they got the lower division games, right? They got they yeah. put in reps. They got games where where the coaching wasn't overcoached, the level wasn't too high, so they started getting the moments that they never used to get. Now they get them in those moments, and then they excel. Now they can take off, right? 
Yeah. Because we look in De Bruyne's case, and I guess Vardy too. De Bruyne bounced around from a couple teams. Um, I don't know about his youth career, but at least when he was older, you know. But also Vardy, I, how what he played in second or third division in England, right? And then kind of came up through Leicester later on. But like again, like it almost comes down to problem solving in life as well as on the field. It's like the two are kind of in sync, right? Just- right, right. So, so for us, like here. We don't have, we're not going to go to a park tomorrow morning and play with no. 20 kids. So, because you said in training, the coaches and trainers can create that little at more, uh, like constraints and stuff like that. Now, yeah. when you say constraints, you can see, so are we talking about the objective of an exercise where you cannot step into like maybe this zone until you do this or that, that, that. is that pretty much what you're talking about, right? Not just that. I mean, that can help with timing, right? You can't get into this space until a pass is whatever you know we've seen drills like this where it's Mm -hmm. like you need a pass and the player can't be in the end zone before the pass but i think other constraints that can help and when we talk about like 3v2s sometimes you don't like we do this all the time you have a 3v2 and you tell the players make an overlap but the situation to the kid isn't happening right Right, right. seeing it so you can show the situation create it i think I think, and and you know what I've realized because I used to do this a lot. I think we should give the ideas before the moment happens that the idea works. What do you mean? So you know when you do a three v two and that moment maybe ask for an overlap that would have mm-hmm. been easier because the defenders uh, tucked in on those on that center guy with the ball and he passed it outside that the guy should take it in and then overlap. Yeah. I think that moment. We shouldn't wait for it to happen and stop it and then tell them, hey, you know you can do an overlap here. I think we should let them know, hey, here's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You can do anything you want to do to get to go. I think if the players know they can already do that, you're going to really see who's the naturally creative player Mm -hmm. that sees the moment. So I think some of us, now what we're doing a lot, we we are... we are giving pictures to the kids after the picture happens, right? Instead of instead of letting them fail at creating that picture that we are telling them that is happening. Mm-hmm. I don't, know, you know what I mean. So, so when you said like that, like those, in, especially like in three v twos, like every time we realize, oh man, you didn't do an overlap, you should do an overlap. We're doing it the first time that situation happens for those kids, but we don't let them like go through like let's say six reps of that situation where they're like, when you're explaining it, it makes sense because it's not their first time. So I think that will bring out more of the creative players and let them flourish in that sense of how to, to do. I think, I think coaching youth is harder because it's either you want them to get there now or you're patient with it. Mm -hmm. Right. But then you're dealing with other factors, parents, you're going to play a game on the weekend. So, you know, the objective. So what I was saying is that I think when you when I talk about constraints, I think if we give, if our objective is always the same, but we say, hey, here's the map, but I, here's the map to get to here. But by the way, you can jump into the river if you can swim. Does that make sense? Because yeah. some kids don't know, oh, I can't jump to the river because it's not the same surface as land, but I'm like, oh, can you swim? Oh, yes, coach, I can swim. Yeah, you can dive in now. Instead of letting them dive in and then figure out they can what? They can swim. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So stuff like that like gives you the creative player, right? So Yeah, sometimes I like these kind I get what you're saying too. And then sometimes like it becomes about when does the player recognize the moment more than execution, right? Like Exactly. want to yeah. know they had the thought. And sometimes I like, when we talk about constraints, I don't always like one touch or two touch, but sometimes you can do things like you can't pass forward. You can dribble forward and pass back. And it creates different scenarios for these kids, depending on their level. But it makes them think like, I have this problem and there's a defense. How do I sort this out? You know, And it might be after the understanding of what an overlap is, like how you pictured it. But sometimes I think these constraints are helpful in a way it gives the kid no other option. It's almost like 
it's kind of, kind of the same thing you were talking about. Like you have to dive in and then kind of figure out how to survive in this kind of game. Right. No, it's, 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 you know, creativity, you know, is, uh, again, it's, it's one of those things like IQ where like you either get it or you don't, right? It's like you either understand what it is or what it isn't. So, and creativity can, creativity can be whatever or anything to anybody, right? So it's like one of those, the eye of the beholder type of thing where like, okay, um, that kid is creative to me. Yeah, but you know what I mean? It's like, which levels of creativity are we talking about? So there's like thousands of levels, right? Yeah. So it's, 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 it's good that, and, and the key, I think for, for us when, with this like episode for, uh, for the guys listening is that try, like creativity doesn't come in, in a, like a sense of like, I think, I think us as coaches, sometimes we think, that's, we create the special players, right? I think we need to do better job at guiding the special players, right? So we need to be, so on a creative side, we need to be, we need to get more creative with the exercises we do for these players, with the, you know, with the, how we treat them in games, right? Uh, where do we put them in games, right? If you if you have a very creative player and is very successful at playing uh, center mid, yeah, try him as a center back. Let's see where his creativity can go in those other positions, right? So I think that's how you can nurture that talent of creativity. So again, you know, it's 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 one of those things that you you're not wrong unless you get to the objective, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> so, like can the coach make this play? Like if um I don't know, sometimes it's like if you have a forward that maybe you need him to defend more or something. Then you teach him how to play a defensive, like a more defensive position, you know? Right. These are ways to teach kids. I think that you don't have to just stick with one thing because this kid plays this position. The idea is to get them to learn and different problem solving, like we talked about, the ability to adapt to different situations, different parts on the field. So, so, so Chris, uh, uh, do you, what do you do? Are you are you making creative players? Are you making them? What are you doing when it comes to you? What are you doing with these players? Are you are you are you the one making these creative players? What are you doing? All right. Before this, I thought in my head before we started recording, I was like, "Can you like?" To me, it was almost like, "No, you can't." Like some guys are just different, you know. And right. maybe at the highest level, but I think when we talk youth soccer players, I think there is opportunities for kids it just depends like we talked about how creative can the coach be to get this kid to be pushed and also help them or guide them really to be better at certain level of problem solving because for one kid like you might have a kid that's great in the final third as far as we think of creativity right that calmness knowing where space is in such a little space and time but like not all your kids can be that kid. So there are how we talked about different levels of creativity. And I think it's just you have to really go through knowing your players to an extent. And at the same time, you kind of have to do this gingerly. You have to kind of guide it depending on the player. Um, so I do think you can make a kid more creative. Right. When you talk about creative player. It's like you kind of get into like the top percentage of kids that we, or even when you look at the professional level, when we talked about Van Dyke and Ronaldinho, I think almost a hundred people out of a hundred will say Ronaldinho is more creative, you know? Than Van Dyke, right? But yeah, then the because the right, right. Right. And, right. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I don't want to say Van Dyke is more creative. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but it's just kind of like the idea of originality being shown. And Ronaldinho almost was like, the trophy child. And that's, that. and that's, and that's, thank you for that last key word right there, originality. Okay. So, Coach Chris, once, once he sees something original from a player in a, any situation towards an objective, that's a creative player. Is that what you're saying, sir? The originality? I guess so. But it's hard, like, when you talk about originality, this is what gets difficult too, man. Solving the problem in a different way, right? Yeah, but it's like, are there a million different ways to solve this damn problem? You know what I mean? As, like, long, 
as long as I've not seen it yet, it's creative. But does that mean whoever you saw do it similar, are they not creative anymore? <laughs> well, all of a sudden, if 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 everyone else can pick it up, then the level has risen, right? Of creativity. That's how game moves, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. if everyone has realized that Cristiano Stepovers was the, they were like a thing, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. And then all of a sudden, like, okay, well, now what's new? You know what I mean? So yeah. if, if I guess that's what it is. Like, are we getting those new create, creative players that are doing things so different that that next wave of players are imitating that creativity? But when you look at Messi, right? Sorry to cut you off, my bad. But when you look at Messi, like, there's a similarity to Maradona, you know? And his moves, like, he does some crazy stuff in tight situations, but they're not... Like when we compare Ronaldo and the stepovers and the patterns he makes with those stepovers, do we really like see that with Messi not to call him? Yeah, creative? you know, I think that creativity is the same because of how they think of the space getting to, to get into the objective. Yeah, but we com- when we compare these players, I think we get into our minds naturally get into like different things that have to have nothing to do with what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right, so we might be talking about oh personality, uh, you know what I mean? Like some people, yeah. personality wise, they love Maradona more than Messi. So for them, any conversation that comes, oh, but like because because Maradona does it different than Messi, or Messi does it different than Maradona, like someone prefers someone different, right? I prefer how this guy shoots over the other guy, but they're both scoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so creativity is really, like I said, the eye of the beholder. I feel like creativity is like a gene pool where some people have it this way and it looks good for some people and other people have it another way and it looks great for other people. Mm. Nobody is wrong, but everybody is getting paid. Everybody is is success is, is successful and everybody is getting the job done. I always tell my players. If you can hold the ball, if you can handle the ball from the goal to the other goal and score and the ref doesn't see it, you're creative. Yeah. That's a goal for us. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Like, hey, listen, do it again. (laughs) So, (laughs) so that's what I mean. Like, so it comes down to that. So, again, uh, this is, we're trying to figure out if we could get to where the creative player is and we don't know yet, but we are challenging ourselves as coaches, challenging our players that we see that have that range of uh, that they need that push. And, and, and I hope all coaches out there realize that all players are different. Um, pushing a player isn't all about up or down. Sometimes it's literally that environment that they're already in. Can you figure it out within that environment for that player while not hurting the team and 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 then we'll move on. But like again, thank you again, Chris, for being here. I know you're you're a busy man during this time, but I'll I'll, I'll be seeing you in the next episode. I don't know which episode that will be, but it'll be one of those. So again, thank you guys for joining us. That was again another episode of Good uh, Good Morning Football. Trying to figure out the creative player. What is a creative player? Do we make them? We don't know yet. Maybe you know, but that's our take for today. Thank you guys.